This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Josh, do you have anything you want to say before we get started? Well, uh, I look forward to talking to you all and uh, answering your questions, even the stupid ones. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get started here with some good ones. We've got a lot of great ones here that are very NJPW-focused. The first one comes from Jim Barcelone with the Miami Herald, and uh, he wants to know, is the feeling different when you're getting ready to fight or wrestle compared to getting ready to call a show? Oh, 100% different. Um, You know, when I'm getting ready to call a show, uh, you know, I, I, I basically just jazz myself up on a bunch of caffeine uh, stomp around the office, throw a few things, uh, knock them over, and then climb right into my chair and go. <laughs> um, but I know that no one's also going to punch me in the face while I'm doing commentary. But then again, sometimes I do wonder about Jim Ross. If if, if I if I happen to screw up big enough, am I just going to get one right across the jaw? Keeps me in line. That's that's a, a good one. Um, all right. Uh, the next question here comes from Sean Rossap with Fightful.com, and he wants to know, Josh, have you had any discussions with New Japan Pro Wrestling since returning to the ring uh, on the wrestling front, that is? I have had zero. Um, I am still a capable and willing uh, wrestler, but uh, I have not had any discussions in terms of getting back in their ring. All right. Um, and then to follow up on that on, with uh, New Japan, uh, have you been approached or would you be interested in providing color commentary for New Japan World? Uh, I, I, that could be worked out, I suppose so. But to my knowledge, I already have two guys in that place. So uh, I don't think anybody over there would be looking to relinquish their job for me. All right, um, and then let's see here. Uh, next question comes in from Raj Giri, and he wants to know, and he's with WrestlingInc.com, how was uh-huh. it having your first pro wrestling match on U.S. soil this year, and do you want to do it again? Uh, it was fun. It was a different setup uh, in that the way that they film for TV over here and, and, and how that affects structuring matches uh, was something new to me, but it was a blast. Um, you know, I, I think I, I owe Bobby a, a few more lumps, but, uh, I'm completely willing to, uh, to go back out there and, and work on American soil, uh, with the right opportunities. And it was fun to do that match for charity, uh, for QPW and AWS, but that's really kind of a, it was a special occasion. So I've been hit up by a few different uh, indie promoters, but it's it's just like, well, that that was a personal favor more than anything else. So I don't know how 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 often or really what what sort of opportunity for that really lies in my future. But 
it was still a great time to do it, and Jeff Cobb was a great uh, opponent. All right, and um, another question here that comes from Jim Barcelona with the Miami Herald. Now, you are a big part of this historic show, but is there a part of you that wants to be in the action competing on this show? Oh, 100%. Uh, I love calling it, but there's nothing like like doing it, to be perfectly honest. And, uh, and when I'm going to be sitting there ringside watching all these these athletes, guys I've you know that I'm going to be completely new to in a way, and other guys that I remember helping train when they were coming up through the system, um, and yet wanting to see you know how how have they improved not just from a, a visual standpoint, but from actually getting in the ring with them. So, uh, yeah, the itch is still there. All right, and the next question here comes from Mike Johnson, and he wants to know, how do you think calling the G1 special live this weekend will change how you approach announcing uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling versus voicing over in the studio? Uh, I think that it'll it'll be a something that'll be part of my evolution as an announcer in general, but I don't I don't really foresee it changing a whole lot of what I do because the foundation of how I call a match isn't going to change at all. Um, I believe in the, the sport of professional wrestling. I believe in the seriousness of professional wrestling. And uh, through that, that's how I believe it's best to give a platform to, to show the talent as best as, as possible and create that, rapport with the fans that is more than surface level. So nothing's going to change there. And it's not my first, first rodeo on, on calling live action either. You know, I did uh, pride in the U S and I've done other MMA shows before as well. All right. Um, let's see here. So uh, another one here from Jim Barcelona with Miami Herald, he wants to know, was it intimidating at first working with somebody of the caliber of Jim Ross? Uh, no, actually, I wasn't intimidated in the least, and, and uh, I'm sure some of that had to do with the fact that I've known JR for quite some time, uh, and I knew him for, for many years before ever working with him. Um, where, you know, I've had some students of mine go through the WWE and other people that I'm, I'm friends with working there, so through that relationship, I had met Jim many years in the past, and uh, to be able to sit down and um and uh and work with him finally to be able to sit and and also to to be alongside uh, a guy who I listen I've been listening to behind the mic for for man for so long in watching wrestling uh it, it was just really more of an excitement than anything else all right and um to touch on the when Jim Ross came, Sean Ross Sapp wants to know, was there any transition necessary on your part between when you switched from working with Morrow to Jim? Uh, some, uh, as, you know, they're both um, very different in how, how they do, how they call their action. And so it was just a matter of uh, making an, an adaptation there. You know, they're not the same person. So um, as simple as that. But I didn't really find that. I mean, they're both great professionals at this. So it was really just a matter of learning how this partner dances versus how the other one does. All 
Great. And um, one question here, getting uh, sort of into the nitty-gritty of your commentary. Justin Barrasso with SportsIllustrated.com says, your commentary on Access TV is phenomenal, but your insight during Tetsuya Naito's matches, matches are particularly insightful. What about Naito resonates with you? Uh, I, you know, I never thought of it that way. Um, not sure. Um, I just call it like I see it. And uh, it, some of that is probably just a symptom of Naito giving me something to work with or just perhaps even something that resonates with, with, with how you view Naito's matches. Maybe you're uh, more in uh, – you, you have a higher – uh, rapport in terms of watching Naito, you're more, you feel more connected to it. And so and maybe it sounds out more. I always kind of thought that I would much of what I would say would be more, uh, more like, uh, uh, more, more, uh, enlightening towards like Shibata or Suzuki or, uh, um, uh, Kushida, but you know, I'm either way. And, and I'm super glad that it, it feels like there's some sort of illumination going on there because adding depth to a story in, in the ring is our job. And that's one of the things I, I truly strive for. And, and, you know, Naito gives me a lot to work with because he's got a great background. He's trained by animal Hamaguchi, all the, um, the MMA stuff that he's done, you know, that, that, that's really sound fundamental basic stuff. And then just being a great wrestler and giving me so much to work with in terms of attitude and, and, you know, he's a heel and he's a rebellious heel that has a cool streak that has drawn a lot of fans to him. So um, I just sit back and call it, man. I, I call what I see, but um, I'll, uh, I'll think about that in the future in terms of whether or not there's anything more particular about Naito than, than somebody else. All right. Uh, next question here comes from David Dixonspan, and he wants to know, of the New Japan Pro Wrestling stars who you helped train during your run uh, as a wrestler for the company, whose success has surprised you the most? Hmm. Good question. Uh, I would say probably Goto because, you know, I didn't really know what was, where his evolution was going to head to. He's a very scrappy, uh, aggressive, young amateur wrestler, uh, you know, at a, like 190 pounds as a young lion, and very eager, very hardworking. And then to see him evolve into this, this, this bruiser, this very technical but vicious bruiser over the years, uh, it's been, it's like, wow, it's, it's like the difference between it, it, being a boy and being a man. So that's been really, really pretty cool. Uh, Shibata always had a bit of a, a certain kind of spark that I could see, and he was further along when I uh, was working with him in New Japan. But, you know, I paid attention to his <clears throat> evolution through his his MMA stints, and watching how his the influence from people like Funaki and Sakuraba and and, and having those MMA matches has had had really helped mold who he he would become. But uh, yeah, I'd still say that the 
Goto is probably the most surprising. Not not that I thought that he didn't have it, but just uh, to see where it went. All right. Now, uh, talking a little bit of business here, John Pollock with the Fight Network wants to know, is there anything New Japan Pro Wrestling can learn from Pride's expansion into the U.S. market over a decade ago? Do you think there are any differences or similarities there? Uh, yeah, they absolutely can learn a lot from it. One, to do it, which is which is what's going on here with Long Beach. Uh, by the time Pride expanded into the U.S., they had drugged their feet for so long, and they had wasted so many opportunities. Um, but also trying to move in in a, a much the, in the MMA market and run their shows versus New Japan running their wrestling shows is different. There's less, there's going to be less resistance and you don't have certain elements that can, that can pop up that can uh, impede your ability to do so uh, like that can happen in MMA. Um, But the main thing is I, I, I think that there are going to be some small hiccups, but those are just learning processes and, uh, I think that for the next show, I think it's more important to bring more of the Japanese talent over as well, because the more something stands out as being something that you can only get from one source, in this case, New Japan, um, it's best to highlight those elements, to have as much of a New Japan roster and of athletes that people don't get to see wrestle live potentially in the States on, on that card. That that's the one thing I would say, but otherwise I think the fact that they, that they are pulling the trigger and that they're doing things the way they're doing it. Um, and not to try and go too as long as they don't try to over expand, I think they'll be all right. But um, the interest is clearly there. And so since it is after, you know, after, after this access show, came about uh, and myself and Marl and myself and JR have helped really boost this product out there into the American consciousness and help it gain a foothold in the States by them moving forward with this live show is exactly the right kind of thing to do. Whereas pride was really making some waves in the U S and they sat around and they didn't, they didn't move forward until it was really far too late. All right, uh, next question here, which kind of follows up on that, comes from Sean Radikin with Pro Wrestling Torch, and he wants to know, um, what do you see in the future for New Japan in terms of growth in the U.S. and beyond? Uh, can you say that again? Oh, yeah, what do you see in the future for New Japan Pro Wrestling, both in terms of in the U.S. and beyond? Uh, I see it continuing to grow. That's the main thing. And I, I see that, I think that expansion into the U S although it won't, it won't, uh, supersede what goes on in Japan. I mean, it just, it doesn't, that's not realistic, but I think that the growth in America is actually going to help stimulate growth, even in Japan, um, by their successes over here, it's going to cause more risk in, in the, in the fan base in Japan, back home. And so, you know, if you see Tokyo Dome numbers get bigger on Wrestle Kingdom, I I think that this is going to be a part of it. And so uh, I really look forward to trying to help make that happen. 
Uh, now, looking also as a follow-up to that from Sean, uh, he says that access has played a part here in New Japan's growth, but now the stakes are bigger with a live show as opposed to taped content. In your opinion, what is it going to take this weekend to be a launching point for New Japan into other territories in the West as they look to expand their reach outside of Japan? Well, simply put, they, they have to have their product at 11, and they need to provide something, again, that I, like I've been saying, that you can only get from them. Uh, they need to bring a pro- – it's, it's wrestling, which we have plenty of wrestling in the U.S., but we don't have New Japan Pro Wrestling, and that needs to really stand out. If they can do that, uh, I think that the crowd is going to walk away wanting more. All right. Uh, let's see here. The next question comes from Jeffrey Harris with 411 Mania, and he wants to know, were, were the announcement of these events in the or this event in the U.S. a surprise to you at all, or did you know that they were in the works for some time? Well, I mean, we're kept up to date about the goings-on of uh, the company, but I still was surprised when it did come down the, the, the shoot that they were going to do live shows, uh, full-on New Japan shows. I uh, just most, – most of my experience working with Japanese companies has – seen them be very, very, very um, trepidatious about doing such an such kind of an expansion. And to hear that that as their product here in the US through us at Access is starting it was was growing so much that they were willing to to move much more quickly into getting into the market with a live show, uh, you know, actually really impressed me. And I, I see it, that it's paying off. Uh, so glad they did so, and uh, you know, hopefully, this is this is just a really um, a sign of of more of this to come. All right. Uh, next question here comes from Raj Giri again with WrestlingInc.com, and he wants to know how would you compare now that you have watched and commentated on both? How would you compare the two Omega and Okada matches? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> one's a finish, one isn't, uh, the titles are on the line. There is a different energy in these matches. And in the second one, I feel like there's less desperation from Kenny, uh, more in that he, he understands wrestling Okada in a different way. And so he's come at it with a, with a different idea. Um, whereas the first time it was just more maniacal, more just full on sprinting at Okada and, and trying to see what comes up and just trying to take him down. Whereas this one felt more planned. Um, secondly, uh, I felt like Okada was, reeling some from his most recent title defenses and the, the efforts that that has taken. So uh, I think some of that shows in the match uh, in terms of his fatigue. All right. And then uh, another question about new Japan wrestlers coming here from Mike Johnson. He says, um, or he asks whose improvement on the new Japan pro wrestling roster has been the biggest surprise 
when you saw them early on in their career? So kind of a piggyback on the other question earlier about who you trained with, but this is just looking at the whole roster since you've been calling. Uh, Naito's evolution since the very first sight of him uh, as the face that he was uh, when we when we first got into this product and seeing him now as the head of Los Angobernados de Opon has been really incredible. And that attitude change, and with that attitude change, his intent in the ring and the moveset that, is, that has come with it has been fantastic. Uh, he's, he's shining for a very, very good reason. And it's been really, it's, it's, it's really stood out. Uh, also, um, to be perfectly honest, when seeing when Kenny Omega is being far more serious about his in-ring action, uh, there's a night and day difference there too. It's like two different, two completely different wrestlers. And that's, uh, it, it really impressed the hell out of me, especially seeing him oh, versus Okada the first time and seeing seeing a match played so much more straight and and seriously and, and seeing that, that effort pay off. All right, now I've got a couple questions for you here about your own wrestling career. Uh, the first one comes from Raj Geary with Wrestling Inc. And he's, he asks... Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your match with Hideki Suzuki was innovative and completely different from what you see today. So he wants to know, what was your thought process going into that match? Uh, my thought process for the match was just, hey, let's just go out and wrestle. You know, we're both Billy Robinson boys, so... For me, for us, it really was super easy. We just, okay, well, maybe I'll do this or that or whatever. And it just, there wasn't any like setup for high spots. There wasn't anything like that. We just said, oh, let's just go wrestle, and we did. <laughs> um, and that's not something that, you know. In, and I still train Suzuki. Uh, every time I go back to Japan, I, I usually get a chance to spend some time with him and work on some things. And, uh, you know, I wrote the forward to his catch wrestling book as well. Uh, I'm, I've been super, super proud of the, the stuff that Hideki Suzuki has been doing in Japan. I think he is honestly one of the absolute best talents in Japanese professional wrestling right now. I, I know that there's a lot of people that aren't getting a chance to see him. And, um, you know, he's not working near a company nearly as big as New Japan. 
But in my opinion, he could be the IWGP heavyweight title holder for sure. He's got tons of charisma, and his talent uh, in terms of his wrestling ability is is often even far better than, than the people he's working. But uh, with Suzuki, it's, it's a different thing. Like if I was to go out there and wrestle um, Davey Boy Smith Jr. or um, uh, Tim Thatcher, there really wouldn't have to be much. It would just, uh, what do you want to do? Okay. It's just We just go out and wrestle. We'll just build a story right there on the spot. And I like to go I like the fact that I can go out there with some of these guys and do something that you just you're not going to see anywhere else. And it's also indicative of the fact that it can't be done with just anyone else either. All right. Um and then to touch back on your match with Bobby Lashley here, um Mike Johnson wants to know, were you disappointed in your relationship with Impact Wrestling in that it didn't lead to a longer run beyond the Lashley match? Well, yeah, I would have liked to have done some more stuff. I, I thought there was some other talent there that I could I could work some different some different matches with. And uh you know, for me I hadn't been wrestling, I hadn't worked a match in, in some time and so that whole thing came about quite quickly. And for me, after that match, I started thinking, all right, well, maybe let's start gearing towards doing more of this and then nothing. But, uh, you know, I'm sure that they have what they have been planning out in terms of what was necessary for for their product. So, um, you know, if, if it doesn't fit for them, I guess it doesn't fit for them. So as simple as that. And then uh, just a quick follow-up there. Sean Ross Sapp wants to know, have you had to communicate with the UFC at all before accepting wrestling bookings? In the past, uh, yeah, I have, at least just to keep them in in the know. Because uh, I think it's, you know, when you have a working relationship with someone, um, especially of this nature, you, you got to give them some heads up on things just, just to be polite. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, we're all trying to work towards, uh, well, in different individual goals, we're still trying to be what we do is when we come together to be as successful as possible. That'd be pretty tough to do if I'm, uh, if I'm not uh, being in touch with them. All right. Uh, question here from David Bixenspan. He says, as someone who was a huge UWFI fan as a teenager, how much did it mean to you to call the Minoru Suzuki versus Kazushi, uh, Kazushi Sakuraba, sorry for butchering that, uh, UWF rules match at Wrestle Kingdom a couple years ago. Yeah, I was I was excited to do so and to be able to also call a match between two guys that are friends of mine. Um, so I guess you know it was it was doubly special in that way. All right, um, we've got a. Question here, Raj Giri from Wrestling Inc. says that with New Japan Pro Wrestling's popularity in the U.S. being at an all-time high, what would you like to see them do to get to the, new, uh, get to the next level here in the U.S.? Uh, I would like to see some quarterly shows, I think, at the very least. Um, I know they do talent exchange stuff with Ring of Honor, but I really do feel like their own standalone product is, is truly what's needed. Um, 
Uh, I, I want to see them uh, pay me and Jim Ross millions of dollars <laughs> uh, to keep our, our team at, at, at its tip-top best because it takes a lot to keep all this running. You know, it's the food and the, the training and uh, you, know, you got to go out and about and have drinks every now and again. I mean, this, this stuff all has to be taken care of. And then uh, and the suits that we're going to need to wear uh, on the weekend. You can't wear the same one twice. So uh, keeping us uh, fat and happy. But uh, truly, I think that just by having creating some sort of consistency, and they've had that with Axis uh, and our show, but now with the success, especially with what I feel is going to be the success of the, these two shows coming up in Long Beach, to do quarterlies would be nice. Uh, that's just four shows a year. That's you know a lot to ask and a lot to do, but I think it'll really pay off. And maybe uh, a development um, of their American talent in a more um, structured way, like maybe even potentially opening up a, a New Japan Dojo in the U.S. to create some homegrown American talent uh, for New Japan. And also it could be a great uh, a great jumping off point for Canadian talent, uh, any potential South American, Central American, uh, what have you. All right. Uh, we touched on this a little bit earlier before, but Justin Brasso had a question here uh, from Sports Illustrated. Um, about your work with both Morrow and Jim Ross, and he wants to know if there's anything that you've learned specifically that you've learned from Morrow Ranallo and anything you learned from Jim Ross as a commentator. Um, well, the nice thing about both of them is we we both believe in calling wrestling straight up, and uh, you know I went into this whole thing with the intent to not have any gimmick whatsoever in terms of being an announcer. I'm not a heel announcer. I'm not a face announcer. I'm not, that's not my job. And that's not what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to just highlight the athletes as much as possible and call what's good, good and call what's bad, bad. Um, but with, uh, I guess if I was to learn with tomorrow, it was, I probably learned more about, uh, like the 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 ramping up of of excitement and the intensity of calling uh, matches at times with with Jr. It's I learned more about the a uh, much more smoother subtle ebb and flow. Uh, but both guys were absolutely easy as easy as hell to work with. Um, talking about Morrow a little bit here, Raj Giri from Wrestling Inc. Uh, has asked, what are your thoughts on Mauro Ronaldo going back to the WWE? And there's been another question from Sean Ross Sapp that kind of ties into this. Just what are your thoughts on the on his ups and downs with WWE? Well, if he's going back, uh, he must feel that it is worthwhile to do so. Um, and I don't know all of the the details of everything that was going on with him at WWE, but if people are bullying him or messing with him or what have you, I mean, that's just, that's bullshit and it's completely unnecessary. I know that that can happen, uh, but that doesn't make it right. And at the end of the day, your commentators, your wrestlers, your, your every, the, the entirety of the company is all working towards the same goal of making the best product possible. 
So if you're antagonizing the, you know, one of those sections, how are you making that any better uh, in terms of creating a, a great product? Uh, so I'm definitely not on board for that. But if he thinks that um, that being at the WWE is is what's best for him and, and he sees the chance to continue uh, to, to, do, to apply his trade there, then I have to trust his judgment. And so I'm, I'm glad that whatever was needed was worked out. Now we got a question here from Mike Johnson, and he is asking, since WWE has signed deals with Morrow and Jim since they were working with Axis, have you been approached at all by WWE? Uh, I have not, but then again, I'm a little bit of a, a, a in a different position, I think, because I'm still under contract with the UFC, and uh, I don't know, maybe perhaps they they don't they aren't as sure with me as they would be with someone like Marlon Jr. All right. Um, and then diving back into New Japan's relationship with Access TV, uh, Mike Johnson had another question here. It says, Access TV is taking a big step forward with its relationship with New Japan this weekend by producing live content. In a perfect world, what would you like to see in terms of the relationship between the two sides as it continues to evolve? Uh-huh. You know, there's a lot that goes into that uh, that has zero to do with me, but um, I- I'm just hoping that it flourishes as much as possible. And, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, we are their conduit to the U.S., Access is. And so, you know, this relationship has been very symbiotic, uh, but we're, we're, the, uh, we're the boots on the ground in the U.S. for New Japan, and we're, we're out there proselytizing uh, strong style to the American audience. And I would love for us to remain at the head of that as much as possible, because uh, I think that we do the the best job at that, that there is. And I don't see anybody doing a better job, period. Um, With us, with them coming to the U.S. and us calling the action live only makes sense. And so I just expect to see more of that in the future as much as they are, uh, willing to do more live shows here in the States. All right. Now, we couldn't do a call like this with you without having a couple of MMA questions in here. So the first one comes from Sean Rossap with uh, Fightful.com, and he says, or he wants to know, what MMA fighters or wrestlers you think can make the transition smoothly to the other product? Uh, well, I, I think that uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. has the potential to go out there and fight in MMA and have success. Uh, he's got he's back in New Japan right now, uh, you know, working with Suzuki Goon to try and destabilize everything around him, as as pretty normal with those guys. But if he was able to find the time to uh, to, to dedicate that MMA training and then maybe set something up uh, with some lead in, I I think it'd be a great opportunity for him. Um, As for MMA fighters moving into wrestling, that I feel like is a much smaller window, but 
I believe Tom Lawler has been putting in efforts to to, to transition into doing more wrestling work. Um, and, you know, I can't think of too many heavyweights out there that are really even interested in such a thing. But uh, I think that the big guys are are um, would be more valuable as it, it seems like a bit of a rare commodity on the market in general. Is there anyone specifically you think would be fun to see in pro wrestling? Uh, can I say Brock Lesnar or what? Uh, or maybe <laughs> I don't. I don't really know, man. Uh, I don't really, uh, I haven't really looked at any of the talent out there in, in such a way. So hard to say, you know. Um, All right. I guess I'll have to be looking for it. Um, and then with uh, another question here from Raj Giri, and he says, with Bellator incorporating so many aspects of pro wrestling into their product and presentation, are there any aspects of MMA that you think pro wrestling should utilize? Well, not specific to MMA, but I think that wrestling should, in general, uh, get more back to its roots of being treated like a serious sport. Uh, I think that by doing so, you make it a lot easier to do the more to for heels to be heels. Uh, I mean, the rules should always be enforced, I believe. So if you put hands on a ref, you're DQ'd. Uh, people should get counted out sometimes. Uh, if you don't break a hold on four, you're done. Uh, I feel like the rules of professional wrestling need to be upheld a lot more with a lot with a much stricter uh, sense because then when you break them, it makes that it makes these these moments more meaningful. Uh, so and also it just I understand that wrestling is exposed, but if you if you treat it like it's exposed the whole time, then you're basically just making people think that they're watching fake wrestling. And it's just like if you went to a movie and they just blatantly were telling you how much this is all special effects and not real the whole time. It would just ruin the whole experience. Uh, I think wrestling needs to take, take some cues from that concept and, and start dialing back the, the choreography and the, uh, the abuse of the fact that people know that it's worked and, and start getting back to treating it like it's real because it's really about intent and emotion. And when you take away the sincerity of a real match, then now you're just trying to often grasp at straws to just get people to clap for something. And you become, you become vaudeville instead of uh, a professional wrestler. All right, and um, another question here on the MMA side from Mike Johnson. He says, since we're talking MMA, do you think CM Punk fights again in the UFC, or is that a one and done? And to follow up on that, do you think Bellator could be a good home team? Well, I don't see CM Punk going to Bellator anytime soon. I don't think the UFC is going to be willing to let go of that investment. Uh, But I hope. Phil gets to go out there and fight again because it was a matter of doing this for his own personal life goals, his own benefit that way. And, you know, it, it's, 
it was a, a, a bummer. I, 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 I'm very sure for him to not be able to recognize the success that he was looking for in his first match. But um, uh, to my knowledge, he's still training. He's still doing his thing. And so I, I look forward to him being able to go out there and fulfill that dream of his and to expand more on that because you don't get very much opportunity in your life to do such a thing. Uh, a question here from Jim Barcelona with Miami Herald to touch on the point you made about making wrestling believable again. He says, if you make pro wrestling believable again, do you think the big time media will ignore it and bash it again? No, I don't think so. Uh, you know, it's not a matter of trying to tell everyone that it's real. It's just a matter of treating it like it's real. That's the difference. And, uh, I think that it's it's a matter of at, at this point it feels like you're watching uh, a magic show where the magician is telling you how the tricks are all done the whole time, which would honestly be infuriating and not fun to watch at all. Uh, I think it needs to go back to watching David Copperfield or, or uh, Harry Blackstone and, or Doug Henning. I could just keep throwing magicians out there at you and not knowing how the hell they managed to make that item disappear or, uh, you know, how did they, how did they cut that card to a million pieces and then reassemble it in your pocket? You know, there's some, some trick to it, but you have no idea how it happened. So I think it's much, much to the wrestling's benefit to get people invested to where they're not thinking about whether or not that was a blown spot or, you know, differentiating wrestling, the wrestling moment between from the comeback and wrestling matches are often just too formulaic and people sit around just hooting and hollering and, and and just basically not really paying that close attention until they feel like, Oh, it's the finish. And that honestly speaks volumes to, uh, to one of the, what I consider some of the problems of modern professional wrestling. All right, uh, time for just a couple more questions here. Uh, this one from Jeffrey Harris of 411 Mania. Uh, he's going to be he's, – he's based here in L.A. and wants to know, uh, are you going to have any time for the Anime Expo this weekend before the G1 special? <laughs> no. I didn't even know what was going on and uh, had zero – there's not going to be any time to do such a thing. But I hope that any of the really – particularly cute girls have bought tickets to New Japan because they just couldn't bear without seeing me in my suit ringside. <laughs> you going to have a tie with that suit? you damn right. All right. And our, our last question for the call here uh, comes from Raj Giri, and this is the unavoidable one with everybody these days. Do you see any way that Conor McGregor can beat Floyd Mayweather? Yes, I do. Uh, are you ready? Let's hear it. Punching him in the face and knocking him out. Is that the main strategy? Yeah, I think that if Conor McGregor punches Floyd Mayweather in the face and knocks him out, he will win. I really do. All right. Uh, well, thank you so much, Josh, today for taking the time for this call. Uh, if anyone else has any follow-up questions or needs any more information, please uh, feel free to reach me uh, by email or give me a call here in the office. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.